if you're like me and you started the Southern New Jersey, which is over 7A. So today we are doing another Rose Q&A, courtesy of the friends and followers I have on Facebook. So I guess they heard my last podcast where I asked for questions from Facebook and they have responded. So there's a lot of interest on roses and how to deal with them. And that's great because I love roses. Those are my favorite, uh, it's my favorite plant and I have killed enough of them to know what not to do. So the first question comes courtesy of Eugene Belinitsky, who in addition to being a follower of my page is also one of my coworkers. And I got him into roses and gardening this year and he is an addict now. So that makes me very happy. So Eugene and I were talking last week and he, um, he wanted to know about how to deal with black spot. So black spot, it's an issue pretty much everywhere in this country, but if you are in New Jersey, it's a really big issue. It makes growing roses very difficult. And I know a lot of people in this area basically just have just sworn off roses because it's just, it's so bad. As a matter of fact, I think one of the reasons that knockout roses became so popular in my area at one point was because of the fact that they didn't they didn't get the black spot like that so what is black spot well black spot is a fungus and it is caused by something called diplocarpon rose and i'll put that up on the screen so how do you know if your roses have black spot well it's it's in it's kind of in the name so when you look at your leaves you're going to see small black spots on your leaves and over time you're going to notice that around the, the black spot is going to start turning yellow. The entire leaf will start turning yellow and the leaf is going to drop. And usually with the, with the leaf drop, it starts from the bottom of the plant and works its way up top. Now, if the disease continues to progress, you're going to notice you're going to be getting like purple legions on the stems. And I think they turn like black and blister. At that point, your plant is pretty much a goner. So how do you deal with it? Okay, so, you know, one of the reasons it's very challenging, specifically in New Jersey, is because we have a lot of humidity. Now, I know Southern, I, I know everyone thinks, oh, well, the Southern states are hot and humid. New Jersey ain't that far behind. We really aren't. I remember looking at the weather app on my phone last summer and in the summers in the past and we you know we get like 90 percent humidity there are times we've actually gotten to super saturation so you know it's not like you know it's not so humid just because we're mid we're a mid-atlantic state another thing is you know we're almost we have the ocean on that side so that's gonna affect the moisture and stuff you know inland because i think i'm only like an hour away so when you have high humidity, it's just something that you're going to deal with. So how exactly do you deal with it? Well, the first thing is, and I know, you know, some of you guys are probably going to be annoyed because it's just like, you know, it's like the barn doors are open, the horses have already run free, but you know, I'm going to put it out there anyway, get the right type of roses. Um, there are some roses that are, are more disease resistant than others. And notice it's not disease free, it's disease resistant. In the past, I started off growing um, hybrid teas, then I think I did some floribundas and they got it. The hybrid teas 
just did the absolute worst. It was like they got them. And even though I was giving them like, you know, bare like three and one and all this other stuff, they still got it. They defoliated, they developed the purple legions. They just like died. Floribundas did a little bit, did, they did a little bit better, but it definitely affected the vigor of the plant and they just really never, they never really rebounded. They always stayed on the smaller side. They just limped along. The only roses that I have ever had that basically, you know, took that black spot and kept, kept on trucking are the David Austin roses as well as other old garden roses. In my last garden, I had a bourbon rose called Variegata di Bologna, and that got black spot. It never progressed as far as um, it never progressed as far as the legion. It just dropped the leaves and rebounded. I also had it was, it was a hybrid musk rose called Cornelia that too had great disease resistance. That's an old garden rose. It would defoliate but keep going. And, and the David Austins. Okay, the only David Austin that I didn't, I think. I feel like didn't do well is Abraham Darby but that one was like when I actually went to the website that didn't have that great disease resistance and Pertrude Jekyll I remember seemed to succumb so that one didn't do too well either so that's what you want you want roses that even if they get it which you can't stop them from getting it you want them to be able to rebound and reflush. And I can tell you with the old garden roses I had and the David Austin's, I do remember one summer when I was dealing with a medical issue and I could not be out in the garden as much as I would have liked to have been. They got black spot and defoliated, I want to say about five to six, seven times. And granted, they didn't bloom as much as they typically did, but they served like the next year they survived. I kept up with the, you know, the treatment and they did absolutely fine. So they really do, they really handled it well. So that's the first thing. And second thing is when you plant your roses, make sure, make sure you mulch around the base of your roses. Okay. Because how does, how do you get black spot? Well, first off, it's fungal spore. It can overwinter in the dirt. Okay, and so what happens is when your leaves get wet through either rain, overhead watering, or even just the latent humidity in the air, if that spore is on the leaves, um, according to the Missouri Botanical Society, it take, needs seven hours before there's an infection. Now, I've heard it's shorter than that. Um, what I had been researching in the past, it was like six hours and basically you've gotten, a, you've gotten an infection. Um, and what happens is those leaves drop, if, it's, if you don't have mulch at the base of your plant, that spore is getting into the dirt. Okay? The mulch stops that from happening. It's going to provide a barrier. So even if it does fall and you don't see it right away, you're gonna, you're, it, you have time to get it out. <laughs> the other thing is in terms of watering. Drip, to, drip irrigation is, is the best. The, I changed, that was one fit change I made in my garden this year. In my last garden, I had micro micro sprayers. This year, I didn't. I put down drip. It worked wonderfully. In addition to that, this year we didn't have as humid. It was not nearly as humid this summer as it was in the past, and so that just lack of moisture, you know, from the air as well as the fact that I was just watering the roots, 
just did very what roses did well i did start seeing some black spot but it was much later on in the summer when we started getting um a lot more rain um the and i caught it right away and pulled the leaves now i got two roses later on in the season from the garden center now they got black, had black spot when they came from the garden center but i've been kind of spacing <laughs> they're far away from the other plants to, so that those spores can't travel um but aside from that the plants that were in here in my that i got early in the season and planted they did well and quite frankly i haven't sprayed at all this year so it was just lack of humidity and also changing my watering that definitely um, that definitely helps so i'm sure you're probably wondering okay well even if i do all those things what happens if um i get it okay so the first thing is as soon as you see those black spots start start pulling the leaves off okay just pull them off because you're gonna um it's only going to get worse from there so just go ahead and pull them off and you have to check your roses regularly you know especially when you know things start getting warmer because i think it needs like 70 degree temperatures and you start getting rain can, like check it every like every other day because those are the conditions under which you're going to see it pull the leaves off if you see them um you know don't let it don't let those leaves drop to the to the ground the other thing is don't compost those leaves not in that state if you really want to use the reuse them then what you need to do is you need to put the diseased leaves in an incinerator like a garden incinerator i believe plow and hearth sells one burn it turns it into ash and ash of course is very beneficial um, in the garden you know it adds that calcium if you've got blossom and rot also you can add to your compost to kind of help with the um neutralize the acidity caused by the composting um, process but don't put it those leaves in your compost or else they're going to overwinter and when you use that compost you're literally going to be spreading those spores all over your garden now there are some sprays and you know if you need to stay on top of it that way so i think the first spray that i used was the bear advanced and that works really it works really well um, they ha it has a hose and sprayer. You just make sure you saturate the plant, and it it becomes like waterproof in like 30 minutes, and it lasts for 30 days, and it it works very well. Now, if you don't not interested in putting chemicals, there are some natural things that do work. But if you're going to do something natural, I'll tell you which one works the best and works the longest, and you're you're probably going to have to do some touch up, particularly if you have if that particular year you're having higher than average rain and same thing with the one with bear if you're getting higher than average rain you may have to do some other um some other shorter term things while you know in the meantime because the rain that high amounts of rain is gonna just wash it off so the first natural thing i did is um orchard spray by bonner uh, bonai that's what it's called bonai so it's this one is not just a fungicide and you know when i'm looking for products listen i don't have sponsorships you know that or parents who own garden centers or that sort of thing so you know i understand you know everyone's got a budget and so i try to find things that can be used multiple ways so the nice thing about the orchard spray is that not only is it um a fungicide it's a fungicide insecticide and miticide and so 
you and it's not just for roses i it's called orchard spray it's it's that's what they use for trees but you can use it on house plants ornamentals you know anything so it deals with like i said funguses it deals with insects as a matter of fact i think it deals with a lot of the insect problems that you're going to have um with roses um the active ingredient in this is sulfur and i know like they have wettable sulfur that you can use and if you only have like one or two rose plants that might be fine but in my case I don't in my last garden I think I have like 25 roses so I can't go around sprinkling powder on the roses especially because some of the roses were kind of huge so this makes it great and as much you could spray it on all of your plants so it was just like I said it was just absolutely wonderful it does smell like rotten eggs but that uh, that smell uh, dissipates and you know what at the end of the day when you have beautiful roses you're not gonna mind the stink of rotten eggs <laughs> okay so um that does last 30 days if you have like normal rainfall um it does in a it does put a white film on the the flower on the plants now in my case i think the first time i used it i probably went overboard so it was heavy white but if you're just dosing it normally it's just going to be a mild white and like i said if it rains it's not going to wash it off completely um but it'll take that white film off the other thing with the this which i don't think you can do with there with this the sulfur stuff not only if you can do you want to get it on the leaves you can actually spray it at the base of the plant because if there's spores in the ground that this the sulfur will actually neutralize it so um that's that's something that one of the reasons i stick with this prefer this to the bear um the other thing is neem oil uh, the thing with the neem oils that especially if you're in like an active you know active phase where it's really prevalent like you know for example sample when we get to like end of may june when it really starts getting hot and there's a lot more moisture you have to spray with neem oil a lot more often it's like i want to say every seven to ten days and that's provided you have normal you know normal rain if you're getting more rain you actually may have to do it more often than that um the other thing and one of the things i do that i just like to i just have on hand um, that's pretty inexpensive is doing a baking soda vinegar um, mix so what I do is I'll get like a, a tablespoon or two of baking soda I add about maybe equal amounts of apple cider vinegar I'll be quite honest sometimes I go a little heavy on the baking soda and vinegar <laughs> and um, then I'll add I'll put it in like a gallon a gallon sprayer bottle and I'll add water and add some dawn liquid um, you know I kind of eyeball it I never really I never really I never really measured it out and some Castile soap um, or Castile soap either dawn or Castile soap I add the water actually I add the dawn soap after I add the water because then it won't suds a lot and then it kind of is like shake it around and then i spray the roses with that and i make sure i get the top part and the under part and that's really good and so something like when i was using the sulfur spray if we were getting a lot of rain sometimes i would just go out and spray it that way now i use a sprayer bottle but if you have like one of those um hose end sprayers you could probably adjust it to adjust it to that so you could do you know you could do a larger area uh, with the neem oil i think they do now make like the bottles which you can just attach to your 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 hose it's already properly so it'll be properly diluted and do it that way 
So those are the things, um, those are the things that I use on my roses. And when I keep, when you keep up with it, it's pretty good. But like I said, said I would start with um, something like the sulfur or the bear and then use the other ones as um you know spot treatments like especially um you know if you're getting a lot of rain so that's the, that's the deal now like i said um if you're doing things like you know tea roses or forbundas and my dog has decided to do laps through the house that's the noise um, it's really, really, really important that you stay on top of it because like I said, if you get that, that, you know, the black spot, it's not too long with those plants that you start getting, um, the legions. And if you get those legions, your, your plant's pretty much done for. Like I said, floribundas do last a little bit, do a little bit better, but it's not going to be as vigorous. And, you know, if you do it and you kind of get on top of it and your plant is looking poorly, um, if you look at my video on dealing with stressed plants, then you kind of go back to like cutting them back, you know, um, putting them in, you know, in shade, you know, more, a little bit more shade and, you know, giving them the liquid fertilizer so it reflushes and kind of moving them back in the sun. Um, that's another thing. Roses typically are grown in the sun. So if the roses are getting full sun, it usually helps keep the leaves dry. So you know that's just something else to consider so anyway that is how you deal with black spot um it's just one of those things you have to stay on top of and is if, like i said if you if you get disease resistant roses you know you might get it but at least your plant will you know recover so the next question and i'm pulling it up right now was from uh, Jenny Perez and it was in response to the fact that I posted a picture of my Jubilee celebration rose and so the question is what do I do with the huge octopus stems I got on this one midsummer they come way up above the canopy of the rest of the bush wait until fall to trim okay so yes if you have to trim your roses I mean quite frankly you probably could leave it till next spring. I mean, if you have to trim it, wait till the plant goes dormant, and that's gonna be like later fall, like November, once we've had some freezes and the plant has gone actually dormant. But here's the thing. Um, David Austin roses are known for octopusing. Um, if you were not aware, David Austin roses were bred by David Austin in England. So it's a completely different climate than the United States. And so it's it's milder, their summers don't get as hot and all this other stuff. And in, you know, so when you see those tags, I don't know why they don't change them for the US, they really should. But a lot of those tags, that's the dimensions if it was growing in England. Okay, but unfortunately, when you get it to the United States of America, those rose bushes and start putting them in the U.S. and especially because with the U.S. we have so many different latitudes and so many different climates. <laughs> the roses react differently, very differently. And what ends up happening is that those well-mannered, you know, shrubs turn out to be these huge monsters that will grow up the side of your house and take over your pergolas and all that other stuff. And you're just kind of like, what did I do wrong? 
you didn't do anything wrong. You know, at the end of the day, Dave Austin roses, they, you know, they, they're hybrids with old garden roses. So some of the roses actually do have rambler tendencies. So when you get a David Austin rose, go to the website. Sometimes they do put the parentage on there because depending upon the parentage, that'll tell you whether or not it's going to stay fairly merrily or if it's going to just get monstrous. You can also search online for uh, a review of the rose. And so how I got into it is I, when I, the first two roses I bought were Wild Eve and Jude the Obscure. Jude the Obscure behaved itself, Wild Eve was wild. And I had that, that shooting branch that, um, that Jenny is talking about. And I found a website, it's called house.com, H-O-U-Z-Z.com. And so, um, there are boards going back to 15 years, like when David Austin's were first introduced in this country. And that was back, you know, when everybody was into more discussion boards and people were posting about their experience growing the roses and consistently, like the roses just were, bore, their, their dimensions bore no resemblance to what was on the tag. Um, and so I learned after that when I was getting David Austin roses that let me see, before I plant this, let me see what the dimensions were actually going to be. Um, so with Wild Eve, I, I think that one's supposed to be like four by four and you know, the first, if it's four by four, then basically the branches should be two inches, two, two feet on each side. Well, one side is sent out a four foot one. And so what people are saying, oh yeah, it does that this year. And the next year I'll send out another four foot one on the other side. And so I'm like, wait, that means that this bush, this shrub is actually going to be eight feet wide. And come to find out, yeah, wild Eve, rather than being four by four, would get like six feet tall, eight feet wide. It was just, it was just a massive, um, rows that people were planting against fences and it would take over the fence and so i was like oh glad i found that out and so a lot of the roses are like that uh teasing georgia is a behemoth but i knew when i planted that one because once again i went to this discussion board and i saw that somebody in a similar um hardiness zone um a little bit more south than mine had it was like oh yeah it gets like nine feet high ten feet wide mine got a little wider mine actually ended up being 13 feet wide but i kind of knew how and planned accordingly um so with when you get any david austin roses my recommendation is uh do a search type in whatever rose review see um if you can if you go to house you can type it in it'll pull up the it'll pull up the um the discussions but look for somebody who's kind of in your general geographic area and that should give you a better sense of, you know, how big it's going to get in your area. And so that way, you know, when you plant it, <laughs> you plant it in an appropriate spot um, because they can be, David Austin roses can be very vigorous. And if it's not, um, if it really is gonna continue to octopus, you know, you're gonna be spending all of your time basically cutting it, not just pruning it, like cutting it back. Now I did look up on the house.com website discussion board about um, Jubilee celebration. And I gotta be honest with you, the reviews on it were not that great. People, they said it was small. It, you know, they, people were saying it was small and that it wasn't getting its full height and people felt that it wasn't just, it wasn't really vigorous. Now that, like I said, those, some of those boards were a long time ago. I do know that they do improve the breeds as they, as time goes on. So certain issues, you know, they may not, 
um, may not be in existence or as relevant um, right now. But that was the impression people weren't necessarily favorably impressed with the rose. Now, here's the thing, Jenny. I knew how you got this rose because, you know, I know I told you about it. So for backstory, it, uh, I know there's a lot of new followers to the page, but back in, maybe was it April? Lowe's came out with David Austin roses. Now the Lowe's in our area, I don't really recall seeing David Austin roses. I know in other parts of the country they have. They came out, they said they were Poet's Wife. Now the Poet's Wife rose is a yellow rose and it's pretty, small and, and well-mannered um, and because I had one in my other yard it didn't it didn't go crazy but one thing that happened was a few weeks later when it started blooming it bloomed pink I thought it was Princess Alexandra of Kent because the first room was rose was really deep pink but then over time when it bloomed again I noticed that it had a lot of yellow um, so I I think I messaged Jenny either on, I think I messaged her through Instagram and said, hey, by the way, did yours turn pink? <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And, but I was like, oh, I think it's Princess Alexandra Kent because in one gardening group, somebody said, oh, I went to Lowe's, I got Princess, it was Princess Alexandra of Kent. And so I was like, oh, maybe they, that's how the labels got mixed up. But there was a lot, a lot pink, but then there was also a lot of yellow tones, especially towards the base. So um, Jenny came back to me and did say, hey, by the way, I looked it up on the David Austin website. I think it's Jubilee Rose, Jubilee Celebration. This is what it looks like. And when I went to the picture, that's what it, it did look like that. Now that said, maybe it's Jubilee Celebration. Maybe it's not. It could be a sport of Poet's Wife. It could be, you know, I don't, I didn't really research what um, plant parent Poet's Wife came from. So I don't know if it's like, one of the genetics reasserting itself in some generations, which sometimes happens. All I can tell you is that it's definitely not the poet's wife. So what are the final dimensions on this rose? I have absolutely no idea. So I know Jenny, you're like, well, what am I supposed to do? Well, here's what you can do. Number one, you can continue to prune it back, give it a hard pruning. Um, the David Austin roses, particularly if they're in good soil and they're being taken care of, they're pretty vigorous. Um, so you may have to do that two, maybe three or four times in a season. Um, I don't know how big your octopus is, but usually it, it'll octopus out on the other side, the same dimension. So you can kind of get an idea of how big it really is going to get. Now, if you're, you know, you're tight on space, you know, pruning it, it like, you know, hard pruning it is going to require some you know, doing on your part, you could, when the plant is dormant, you could cut it back to like 18 inches and relocate it to some place that has, you know, more, has more space. Um, you can just do that. Um, and, or, you know, I, I don't know if it's doing this because I don't know how floppy your octopus is. Mine have not octopus. I'm not really sure why, but um, if it's particularly floppy, then what you could also do um, to keep it more um, constrained in terms of like dimension is get an obelisk and wrap the, if it's you know, particularly flexible, like bend, start bending it around the obelisk. Um, a lot of times I find with plants, with the roses that octopus is that when that branch is down, it's going to start sending out lateral shoots 
<laughs> and lateral shoots will bloom too. So if you want like a lot of blooms, if you create as much lateral spaces, lateral areas you can, you know, it'll send out, you know, a lot of different laterals. And so you'll have like a column of, of blossoms. So that's another option um, for you to do. All I can say is with David Austin roses, it's one of those things that, um, you know, my first David Austin roses, I was growing them in containers so I could just move them easily. But anytime I knew I was going to put something in the ground, I did do some research to find out what other experiences of people in this country were growing those plants. So that way I had a better idea of where to, um, where to put it. So that's the thing with David Austin roses. It's just, it's an adventure. You never know what you're going to get. And you know, it's, I don't, I don't mind. I, I, despite the fact that there's that unpredictability, I do, I do really like the roses. So I hope, hopefully Jenny, that answers your question. At least you kind of know what you're, um, you're going forward with, but this is not going to be, this is not just a one-off. This is just, this is just what how David Austin's are, so it's a, a thing you're going to constantly have to deal with. So um, hopefully you can make a decision. Well, actually, let me know what your decision is. Let me know if you're going to cut it back, um, if you're going to put an obelisk around it, or if you're just going to move it, because I'll I'll be interested to see what you do. And I'll keep you posted on mine, because like I said, mine have gotten bigger, but they are they're pretty well behaved. Um, so. I, I, I was kind of surprised because I didn't get any octopusing out of them. So anyway, guys, those are it for the questions today. If you guys have any other questions on roses or any other um, flower topic, just um, leave a comment on any of the pictures. You can actually post on the Facebook wall. If you're on YouTube, obviously you can leave a comment in the questions and I will do another Q&A. So uh, thank you to everybody who left questions and I will see you guys in the next podcast or you'll hear me in the podcast. And don't forget the podcast addition to be, in addition to being a visual podcast on YouTube is also an audio podcast, which can be found in iTunes, uh, Google Play, and Spotify. So you guys can download it and listen to it while you're driving your car. So thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you in the next session.